The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. On this week's episode of What Can I Eat to Piss Off Hannah Beth? The answer is ice cream. And if you're saying to yourself, Claire, ice cream isn't crunchy, it isn't. But the spoon is loud. Also. Do you just enjoy pissing Hannah Beth off? I do get some small level of enjoyment out of it. Not pissing her off, but just giving her things that will exasperate her. Um, But also, if you are not aware of this, Mayfield Creamery's Moose Tracks is in fact the best ice cream in the entire world. And you cannot convince me otherwise. Okay. Oh, I do enjoy Tillamonk, but only when you get it in Oregon because the store stuff is crap. But when I had it in Oregon, I was like, this stuff is so much better when you get it where it's made. So when you get it from Oregon, it's just better. It is better. They got some good egg foo young there, too. I tried to have egg foo young here. It's disgusting. (laughs) Um, also house points to anybody who knows what movie Oregon, no, it's Oregon, there it is, um, comes from. There's a, uh, number of great quotes from that movie, but, uh, one of my personal favorites was, God must have been a goddamn genius when talking about the creation of women. Um, but it is one of my favorite movies of all times, but just the Oregon always cracked me up so i always say oregon oregon and people from oregon are like eh. but did you know that george clooney had bell's palsy when I did. he was a teenager i just found that out today uh katie holmes had it too so did pierce brosnan yeah i was like well that claire feels good about herself now yes 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 for those all, of you all the hot people <laughs> have bell's palsy <laughs> Yes, for those of you who are not aware, uh, number one, I had Bell's palsy as a child. Number two, if you do not know what Bell's palsy is, it is is idiosyncratic unilateral facial paralysis, which means for no reason whatsoever, one half of your face randomly decides to get paralyzed. And it can go away in the course of weeks or months, and for some people it is permanent, but... um, uh, it scared the crap out of my parents because I was like two or three when it happened. And normally it happens in people when they're in like their 40s. So it was very bizarre that it was appearing in me, a two or three year old. Um, but the power had gone out. And so I was playing in the family room, the room in the back of my parents' house, which get it has two sliding glass doors. So, it's, you know, it can be very bright, but it was overcast that day. 
and the sun broke through and shined into the room and hit my face and only half of my face squinted and the other half just kind of like my left side just kind of hung out there and my parents my dad in particular freaked out because one of his employees had just had a stroke and that is I looked like I was having a stroke because half of my face went um so also cool thing when it heals up sometimes the nerves uh connect incorrectly so I'm going to show Kat and I'll try and remember to post this on the TikTok. But when I lift my eyebrows, watch the corner of my mouth or of my left, the left corner of my mouth somehow got connected. And so now they, my, the left side of my mouth quirks when I either lift my eyebrows or when I wink. So very fun. And this has been Family History with Claire. Yeah, I didn't know that because I apparently, I like that, uh, <laughs> Thing on Netflix that David Letterman has my next guest needs no introduction and I, apparently I missed some episodes so I was watching the George mm-hmm. Clooney one and like he was like yeah I had Bell's palsy as a kid I'm like what he's like yeah 13 years old looked like I had a stroke and he said he basically coped with it by being Chandler Bing he would make fun of himself and make jokes all the time like he would just like I'm like wow okay yeah, there's a whole lot of pictures cool. of me as a child just squinting with one half of my face. We lived in a very sunny place. It was a bad time to not be able to squint. But, um, crap, I was going to say something. I just, oh, one final comment on Claire's adventures with Bell's palsy. Uh, I think I mentioned it was very dark in the house and then the light came in and hit me in the face. And the reason it was so dark in the house is because the power was out. And this is in 1993 or 94. And I know a bunch of you are going, I wasn't even born yet. Fuck you, shut up. (laughs) And some of you are going, I was in my 20s and 30s. You're my people. I love you. Uh, But anyway, so my parents took me to the hospital, which was literally like two minutes away from our house. And, um, you know, they were looking at me in the ER and they're like, okay, so she seems to be okay. It's probably Bell's palsy. And of course my dad hears the word palsy and freaks out because the only thing he knows is cerebral palsy, which is of course a terrifying diagnosis for a two-year-old. And she was like, no, 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 you know, it's, it's going to go away. Uh, We can confirm it with a CT scan and my dad, or a CAT scan. My dad's like, great, let's get her a CAT scan. Get her in that CAT machine. And the lady was like, unfortunately the power is out and our cat scan machine is down (laughs) and my dad's like okay so they take me home and when the power comes back on they take me over to the hospital because of course we're on like the same power grid like i said we're like two minutes away so they take me back over and they try to put me in this giant white donut thing and i being a three-year-old with strong feelings was like no friend i am not getting in the giant donut of doom you cannot make me and of course you have to hold very still for a ct scan so that wasn't going to work um having now worked in a hospital there is a horrible contraption that they can put on children to force them it's basically like a body cage and it holds them still while you scan them the screams of small children in that contraption will haunt me forever but they did not have that in key west in 1993 so, they gave my parents a sedative <laughs> to give to me at home. And they were like, okay, so, you know, based on her weight, we're going to give her this much. Um, and, you know, hopefully that'll put her down. And so they, you know, take me home and they give it to me. And they're hoping that I'm going to fall asleep in my bed. And then they can just scoop me out of my bed, take me over to the hospital, throw me in this machine and voila. 
Um, sedative did not work. Uh, they also gave me a stronger one. Also did not work. Uh, it turns out I burn through anesthesia very quickly and metabolize it very quickly. So uh, that's a cool trick. But anyway, um, so little tiny me uh, comes back with my doctor kit and my Madeline doll. And those of you who remember Madeline, uh, my doll actually had the stitches on her abdomen. It was very cool. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so they put Madeline through the machine and then she comes out and I put on my stethoscope and I checked Madeline out and Madeline was okay. And so then I got into the machine and I did the CT scan and it did turn out that I had Bell's palsy, but sorry, this is probably way more about my history than you want to know, but this is like one of my earliest memories and I love this story. So anyway, <laughs> So I haven't had as much of an issue with it as an adult. Um, I've had, you know, a couple of procedures that required me to go down, um, but go under anesthesia. Dirty minds. I know some of you are laughing, you nasties. Anyway. <laughs> and that means that if Claire ever has surgery, hey guys, what's up? Oh, look, my organs. Hi. She could be like, are you McSteamy? <laughs> uh, as horrifying as it would be to wake up mid-surgery, I would be slightly less upset if it was McSteamy. Also, don't... What's the name of the new show that Zendaya is in on HBO Max? Euphoria. Don't watch it if you like McSteamy. Yeah, I've heard, like, good things about it, and some people think it glorifies drug use, and other people are like, what show are you watching? But I have no interest in it. Yeah, I I only watched the first episode and was so horrified when I realized a certain character was Mark Sloan or Eric Dane. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I'm done. Yeah, he didn't age very well, in my opinion. I, like, he's still good looking, but he's not, like... You know what? He aged like a regular human being. He got yeah. a little softer as he got older, and that's normal and healthy. Like not. I know, but Patrick Dempsey still looks the same though. Like, okay, Patrick like... Dempsey's genes were like blessed by God. <laughs> yeah, and I actually think that Ellen Pompeo looks better now than she did at the start of that show. Like I actually mm -hmm. think that she's prettier now than she was Dude, then. That woman aged like cognac. Yeah, like, she looks a lot better now. Not, I mean, she was still pretty before, but as she's aged, I think she is so much better. She was a young, pretty actress when she started. Now yeah. she is absolutely beautiful. But, anywho. I find her very interesting. Me too. Anyway. The dead of time. What happened was... Oh. I get to say what had happened. I wrote this down like five million days ago, people. This is how long it has taken us to record because... Everyone in my life keeps getting sick. And you know what that means, guys? Guess what Claire's getting for Christmas? One of those hamster wheel balls that she could just crawl around in to prevent the germs. <laughs> That's what she's getting. I was going to say a mask, but okay. Yeah, you know those balls that people like run into the ocean in? That's what you're going to get. Everybody goes in the ball. No kidding. Okay. This is probably a really bad recap because I have some questions in this recap because I think I spaced out or I don't remember 
or it didn't explain it. So, yeah. So, Sirius, what? The good news for you, Kat, is I did actually just finish listening to last week's episode this morning. So I can actually help you out. Okay. At least one of us listens. <laughs> I like to know where I can improve. Also, for those I of you who like didn't guess... I don't like my voice. <clears throat> I know. But I'm really glad I listened because I totally forgot. I was channeling Alan Rickman Snape for Snape. But I also channeled Scar from Lion King. <laughs> so technically, I think my voice is a little more Jeremy Irons than Alan Rickman. But whatever. <clears throat> okay. What so what had happened was Sirius is having nightmares. And then Hermione's cat decided to cuddle up with him. And Hermione tried to get him, but it didn't really work. So that she ended up falling asleep outside of his room. And then Remus caught her in the morning. And he was like what so apparently my hermione is very concerned about sirius and that's because of the bond that she does not know about does she know i forget she, she doesn't know about it yet know. no yeah yeah she doesn't know about it yet but she's very concerned and then dumbledore feels that snape is the person to teach harry occlumency and everyone else apparently disagrees. But Snape ends up teaching him anyway. And then my question is, why in the world does Harry need to learn Occlumency? Because I don't remember if this got explained to me. Okay, so this really gets explained in the Harry Potter books. Um, <clears throat> so if you go backwards to Umbridge. So that year, the fifth year... Harry starts getting more and more flashes in his head seeing what Voldemort sees. Yeah. And so, like, at the beginning of book movie four, the beginning of uh, Goblet of Fire, he sees the snake kill that man when Voldemort doesn't even have a body yet, right? At the very, very beginning. Yeah. So Harry sees that and thinks it's a dream. Um, and so he's seeing more and more of those. And then finally, when Arthur got attacked, Harry saw it through Nagini's eyes. And Dumbledore is getting concerned that Voldemort will now be aware that he has that, that connection to Harry's brain and was worried that Voldemort would plant uh, false memories in Harry's brain, which is exactly what he ended up doing by showing Sirius in the Department of Mysteries when he wasn't actually there. So that whole situation where Harry was like, I saw Sirius, he's in the, uh, you know, the Department of Mysteries. That's what Dumbledore was trying to prevent by getting him to go to Occlumency lessons. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. And then there was a flashback to the orchard. <laughs> yeah. And then Sirius and Snape pretty much had a wand fight. <laughs> and The um, flashback, by the way, was Snape looking into Sirius's memories. Yeah, so I guess they were basically, like, threatening each other. Mm -hmm. And then Valentine's Day happened and Sirius got Hermione the traditional chocolate, even though it was technically Maya's chocolate but yeah and then he gave it to remus it. well he gave yes. it to remus just like he always did yeah and who in the world is dora 
Nymphadora Tonks. Okay, because I was like, who in the world is Dora? And I totally forgot. Yeah, and I totally forgot that she was Nymphadora, but I just didn't realize that we were calling her different names. Okay. So Remus called her Nymphadora, and she would be like, don't call me Nymphadora. But he didn't want to call her Tonks because it's a little weird to call your girlfriend by their last name. Um, And so he just called her... He wanted to call her some variation of her first name, so he called her Dora. Got it. Author's note. Reference chasers should read Order of the Phoenix, chapters 27 through 33, and Dead of Time, 44 and 50. Let's see what the titles of 44... Oh, god damn it. Sorry. I tapped on the wrong chapter and moved myself. All right, so 44 was Besotted, which is two chapters before Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. And then 50 is Catalyst, which is right before Persian Rugs. Okay. Chapter 119, Watch Me. April 6th, 1996. How bad is it then? Remus asked, as select numbers of the order gathered around a large table at number 12, Dumbledore at one end, Sirius at the other. I do believe that Cornelius will insist that Madame Umbridge take my place at Hogwarts, at least temporarily. As of tonight, I will be considered a known fugitive. Dumbledore did not appear the least bit worried, despite the rest of the members of the order around the table looking near apoplectic. What? Uh, ready to have a heart attack. That is a really odd word. Uh, I think apoplip- apoplipsy used to be like the word for a heart attack. So when you're apoplectic, it means you're about to have a heart attack. I think. I believe I'm correct. If I'm not, somebody oh. correct me. I'm glad they changed that, because that's really hard to say. <laughs> Apoplectic. <laughs> I hate it. Anemone. It's one of those things, I've read it so many times, I think this is the first time I've ever actually said it out loud. I knew it, Molly cried. I knew that little club of theirs would lead to trouble. Do not blame the children, Molly. I am quite proud of them all and incredibly honored that they named their group after me. It has, in fact, given us an interesting opportunity. Instead of twenty or so students being expelled, it is only one silly old man in hiding. Two, Sirius reminded him, though I'd hardly call myself old. Dumbledore smiled. How did Umbridge discover their secret? Remus asked, still shocked that Harry and Hermione's group had been discovered. When he and Maya had established a similar group in the school, he was certain that not a single adult had the slightest inclination that anything was happening right under their noses. It appears that one of the students involved was questioned. Though she was unable to provide details regarding the group save for a sign-up sheet that has, unfortunately cost her dearly, Dumbledore said, his blue gaze falling on Remus and Sirius. What do you mean? Arthur asked. What happened to her? 
Well, when she was brought into my office, Miss Edgecombe had a terrible skin condition, you see. It seems that purple pustules had broken out on the poor girl's face, spelling the word sneak across her forehead. Also important note, since you haven't read book five yet, um, Cho Chang is not the one who betrayed them. Uh, she had brought a friend, Marietta Edgecombe, with her because she wanted a friend to go with her to go see Harry Potter. Um, and Marietta was the one who told Umbridge, not Cho. <clears throat> oh, so what happens in the movie where she's giving everybody the Veritas serum doesn't happen in the book. Then. No, no. Oh. And Hermione put a curse on the sign-up sheet so that purple pustules would show up and write sneak across your forehead in boils. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. disgusting. Aggressive, right? Yeah. Shia definitely drew from real Hermione in the books to create Maya's stuff. Because Maya is very... She does that, but on a much larger scale when she has everybody break out uh, after they lied about Sirius. Almost instantly, unable to contain themselves, Sirius and Remus burst into laughter. It had taken at least ten minutes before Molly's scolding was enough to stop them from laughing at the expense of some poor unsuspecting Ravenclaw, because, of course, she turned out to be a Ravenclaw. In the end, Remus and Sirius still excused themselves from the table while the rest of the Order tried to figure out what to do next, now that Albus would no longer be at the helm of Hogwarts for the time being. Out in the hallway, Sirius was wiping tears of laughter from the corners of his eyes. She's coming back to us. Sneak, can you imagine? I can remember, Remus sighed happily, feeling slightly terrible that his own joy came at the expense of a young girl. Merlin, I can't believe I forgot how absolutely Slytherin she could be. Sirius finished the sentence and then laughed again. Oh, that poor girl. Remus chuckled softly and shook his head. You think Hermione's still Hermione enough to lift the curse? For selling out Harry? Sirius shook his head. That Edgecombe girl should get used to wearing fringe for the rest of her life. My witch is relentless when it comes to defending those she loves. April 27th, 1996. Real quick, I think they, they do mention later that Marietta Edgecombe basically had scars on her forehead for the rest of her life as a result of that. So, like, hilarious. Hermione's so evil. <sighs> well, I hope she has the face for bangs. One can only hope. Uh, it, although, given what she now has on her face, I don't think she has the face for not bangs. Yeah, probably not. Or a really good cover-up or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, now I'm thinking about the cover-up that Amber Heard's lawyer held up that got debunked on tiktok oh my god dude 
this entire thing is cracking me up so i know the article that i read the other day like i don't i know it's not like closing statements but i i read something that his lawyers played the video of or the tape of her saying tell him johnny go ahead tell him you're a victim of domestic violence see if anybody believes you and i'm like and in the video he in the recording he says yes i am yeah, I was like, you're a good job. Yeah, no. And also, that video that I sent you today, I laughed way harder at that than I should have. And I watched it about five times. Crap, which one was I, it? The one with, I get a jar of dirt! <laughs> I get a jar of dirt! I could not stop laughing at that because it got sent to me. And then I started cracking up. I'm like, Claire has to see this. And then I watched it, I swear, at least five times. I could not stop laughing at that. And also, so, who keeps cocaine in a jar? Yeah. Like, really? So quick clarification for those of you actually listening to this who were not a part of our private conversation earlier today. Uh, somebody took the... Uh, cropped the video of amber saying he had a jar of cocaine a jar and it cuts to him as jack sparrow going i got a jar dirt i got a jar dirt and guess what's inside it (laughs) the best comment i've seen so far though is somebody who said it looks like she got all of her acting instruction from watching twilight over and over oh my god (laughs) now here's the thing I think that there is absolutely an issue with um, domestic violence going underreported. I do not think Amber Heard is a victim of domestic violence. I have a very dear friend of mine who is a male who is the victim of domestic violence and did not leave his wife for fear that she would turn around and accuse him of violence and then keep the children away from him as a result. And it was not until their ring camera caught a video of her punching him in the face and then pushing him down the stairs, breaking his arm that he was able to go to the police and get a restraining order and divorce her. It is extremely hard for men who are victims of domestic violence, especially at the hands of women, to get justice. And so I think the Johnny Depp case is very important for helping those victims get a voice. So. Yeah, especially like, what was it? Year? How many years ago was it? I don't remember. I think it was like fairly recently when Terry Crews was like, yeah, I was abused. And everybody was like, say what? Yeah, I I think... A Hollywood producer like grabbed him, like him. Yeah. And, and everybody was like, but <clears throat> Terry Crews is so big and he could have defended it, himself. And everybody no, was like, what? It's because when it comes from a place that you were not expecting it, yeah. there's fight or flight, but nobody really talks about freeze. And a lot yeah. of people freeze. But, and, you know, you think about the fact that he grew up with an abusive mom and watched his dad take the abuse for years. Like, that's his childhood. Of course he's going to stay. It's what he knew. It's what he was taught. But anyway. Yep. And his new movie that's coming out on Netflix is probably going to do very well. (laughs) Probably. I've also been, I, I realized I never watched past the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. 
Claire Fierro is joining. <laughs> I love that every time Hannah Beth joins, it says Claire Fierro. So for those of you who are listening, which is literally anybody who currently has the podcast on, Hannah Beth is now joining us and also eating. So I don't feel bad about eating in my podcast anymore. Also, that pizza looks fucking delicious. Is that a giant piece of like mozzarella on it? Margarita? <laughs> Mortadello. Uh, uh, Mitsubishi. Mer- Did you know that Murcielago means bat? I swear to God, they named the Murcielago after Batman. I'm convinced now. Because I was reading No Me Comas uh, Chupacabra, or Don't Eat Me Chupacabra, which is my favorite book to read to my child. Um, because it's got a little chupacabra that wants to eat goats. And this goat is trying to find other things for the chupacabra to eat. And eventually they make little... Uh, goat-shaped uh plant animales which is yeah what oh you suck that's fine so we'll just cut all that yeah no one wants to hear our conversation about domestic abuse and males no one cares oh yeah you came in in the middle of the johnny depp amber heard conversation I knew it was going to happen. I got a jar of dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Kat sent me a video and it was Amber Heard saying that he had a jar of cocaine. A jar. And then it's the Pirates. Mike sent this to me. I've seen it. Guess what's inside it is my favorite. I was was like, yeah, jar of dirt, jar of dirt. And then when he was like, and guess what's inside it? I fucking lost it. (laughs) (sighs) And then I was like, how do you know he didn't take that from the set? And it was actually his jar of dirt, you idiot. <laughs> and who keeps cocaine in a jar? Like People who do lots of cocaine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would not keep cocaine in a jar. <laughs> I mean, Amazing think about it. It's maybe. airtight. Oh it's like a perfect God. place to leave cocaine. <laughs> Unless it gets damaged by exposure to sunlight, then it's not a good... I don't know anything about cocaine. Although I did see somebody doing lines off the back of an iPhone at Firefly Music Festival. That was exciting. Oh my god. <laughs> we were watching Blink-182. It was it was rough. I almost died multiple times because I almost had people dropped on my head because they were crowd surfing. <laughs> it's one of those things like when you see people crowd surfing and the people moving them the people moving them aren't like yeah look at you crowd surfing they're like get the fuck off of me that's why you're moving so fast that checks out anyway welcome hannah beth and we were why did i take a bite of food right as we were starting this that was dumb it's fine. I, I did it to myself. It's fine. You did it to yourself. Also, I may or may not have started this episode eating ice cream. So God damn it. <laughs> I do it with love. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> love for whom? Because I don't think it's myself. for me or our listeners. Actually, no. It's love for the ice cream. It's delicious. Valid. But anyway... I, I had speaking of ice cream and eating it on the podcast. I had to scroll back into my phone photos, like a very far away, uh, for looking for some pictures for a work thing that I took pictures of months ago. 
and right after this particular group of work pictures was the picture of the ice cream, strawberry ice cream bucket that I took this into Shia when y'all were recording strawberry ice cream episode and I was like very pregnant and gave zero fucks about it. <laughs> anyway. All right, so uh, we're reading The Dead of Time, in case you were not aware. Uh, what? <laughs> I know. Switch things up. <laughs> but uh, Dumbledore has just been booted out of Hogwarts and also informed the Order of the Phoenix that Marietta Edgecombe ended up with sneak on her forehead and Remus and Sirius had to walk out of the meeting because they were laughing so hard. <clears throat> yes. Classic. Classic. All right. Uh, April 27th, 1996. Do you think we should start planning for it? Sirius sat at the kitchen table, staring down at his cup of hot chocolate, which he was certain Remus made with a cheap brand, even though he had the good stuff hoarded away in cauldrons around the house. Planning for what? Maya. Hermione. Remus habitually corrected. No, I meant to say Maya. She turns seventeen in a few months. Sirius looked up to find Remus glaring at him. He growled in response, knowing the reason behind Remus's expression immediately, and the implication of it pissed him off. Don't look at me like that. I'm not saying that since she'll be of age, I'm going to jump at the chance to shag the girl. Remus looked down, wincing. Sorry. But she's... She's coming back to me, right? Sirius asked quietly, after a few moments of silence, feeling nervous and vulnerable. You said you saw it. Remus nodded. I did, on her nineteenth birthday. Fine, fine. Sirius waved his hand. Two years. But do you have the time-turner? Do you know how to make it all work? Remus sighed and ran a hand through his hair. Sirius always noticed the gray more when his friend was stressed or upset. I've been reading up on time magic since before she left. She completed most of the calculations herself. I just need to finish figuring out how to adapt it to a specific time and place. But since I don't have the time-turner yet, Remus said, and Sirius grumbled in disappointment, I honestly don't even know where to begin looking. Department of Mysteries, I suppose. Maybe when this mess with the prophecy is over, you and I can go in and... We are not doing anything. You are staying here, Remus insisted, eyes flashing gold. Sirius felt a twinge in the mark on his shoulder, recognizing the words as a command, though he wondered if Remus had done so intentionally. Despite pack magic trying to work on him, Sirius's stubbornness fought through. He had been locked away inside Grimmauld Place for almost a year, and the company of one prejudiced house-elf was not doing him any good. Not only was the frequency of visits from friends on a steep decline, but contact with Harry was next to nothing. Umbridge had begun inspecting students' incoming and outgoing mail. He had not seen Hedwig in far too long, and the lack of news was putting him on edge. I'm sick and tired of staying here. Remus groaned, pinching the bridge of his nose in obvious frustration. I know that. Everyone knows that. 
You've been a bit of an arse about it. Stop letting Severus get inside your head. He winced, looking regretful when Sirius shot him a dirty look. Don't look at me like that. You know I don't mean literally. It wasn't just you in that memory he intruded on in your mind. You're letting him provoke you into reckless action. You're not a coward, and the people who matter the most know that. Fine, Sirius huffed. So, Department of Mysteries, why don't you snoop around when you're down there guarding the prophecy? Because that's not my job when I'm down there, Remus argued. Protecting Harry is the most important thing right now. I know that, Sirius barked. I'm just nervous. You're the one that sent her back. You sent her this stupid letter. You got to see her memories. I can't do shit for the Order. I can't protect Harry. I have no part in getting Maya back. I'm fucking useless. We have more than two years to get her back, and there's still a war going on. The reminder, however, went in one ear and out the other. But the war will be over. She said so. She told you, right? It was the reason she didn't change anything. The reason Dumbledore wouldn't let her. The war was over, and we'd won in her time. Sirius watched the frown etch itself on Remus's face. He understood, feeling the corners of his own mouth turned down. The war being over, having won, was the reason for many of the horrible things that had happened in their past, all known and apparently ignored by Maya. It was the reason she didn't save James and Lily, the reason she didn't stop what happened to Alice and Frank, the reason she allowed Sirius to end up in Azkaban and Pettigrew to go free. It was the one thing that gave Sirius hope in dark times of the poor. The memories Maya had shared with Remus told them that, at the very least, he, Tonks, Harry, Hermione, and Remus would make it through this, and the war would be over in less than two years. The letter says you get the time-turner in the Department of Mysteries. I know you're acting like it's all guesswork, Mooney, but the letter says... Just because the letter says... What? Sirius snapped. Don't you trust yourself. It says that you go to the Department of Mysteries... To rescue you, Remus yelled. That's what the letter says, which means at some point in the future, you do something idiotic like leave Grimold Place and end up in danger. We can't have that happen, Sirius. It's meant to happen, Sirius insisted, ignoring Remus's temperamental outburst. Nothing can change what is meant to be. I was literally thinking that. You cannot change it, you stupid idiots. But also, I want you to, like, kind of stop and think about this. Remus gets the time-turner when Hermione convinces him to go to the Department of Mysteries to bring Sirius back, right? If you say so. Yes, I do say so. Sirius is also going to be at the Department of Mysteries in a month where he's going to die. Okay, I'm just... Nope. Playing that groundwork like, to, to get your what brain. What was your point there? Yeah. <laughs> well, because Remus is saying at some point you're going to go to the Department of Mysteries and I'm going to have to rescue you. And Remus probably thinks it's going to be this next visit. Right. Because he doesn't know. But it's also clear that Sirius is 
A, obviously already, like, itching to get out of Grimmel Place, but yeah. also doesn't seem to harm in needing to be rescued because he's rescued and then Remus sees him in the future two years from now. Yeah. So he thinks, like, well, I'll make it out of it. Like, it's the invincible teenager shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though he's not <clears throat> one. Yeah. No, and that's, I think that's exactly where it is, where Sirius is just like, well, we already know I'm going to survive. Nothing can change what can, what's meant to be. And uh, it's like, oh, it's, it's like, you know, when somebody makes a wish on a genie and it doesn't come exactly the way they expect it to. Or when somebody gets their fortune told and it happens, like, okay, I... Do, 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 do. I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, I, in high school, had a very weird feeling in my gut that my dad, I, he wasn't, I had this image of standing at the top of the aisle and going, my dad should be here. And I just had this feeling in my gut. I was like, oh my God, my dad's not going to be there to walk me down the aisle at my wedding. And it freaked me out. And like, I... And I was like 16 or 17 when I had that. No, 17. Cause it Kat, was... has she told this story? I feel like I've heard this before. Yeah, you have. Because I, I know what she's going with this since I obviously yeah. was there. But yeah. right. But but the quick version is I had this feeling in my gut for 15 years almost. And when I was standing at the top of the aisle, I realized my father was not there. And the reason was because he was in the bathroom. So like... <laughs> which hilarious so it came true it absolutely happened my gut was right it just didn't happen the way I thought it was going to and I'm very happy with the way it happened because that's much better than my father you know being dead and not being able to walk me down an aisle that you know my dad being in the bathroom is much preferable um to death uh, <laughs> but I like this is the kind of stuff that I love that's sprinkled throughout the story where they think they know what's going to happen and they don't. And it's great. And this is like, this is the kind of stuff that I'm like, yes, I, when I eventually write a story, this is the kind of stuff I would like to sprinkle through. The issue is I never get past writing like one scene. And then I send them to Hannah Beth and Hannah Beth is like, this is amazing. And then I'm like, yeah, that's all there is. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's like three books that she sent me that I'm like, but where's the rest of it? Yeah, or that one that she wrote that she started writing oh when she lived in D.C. when she used to send me that. I was like, what are you doing, child? Oh, I've heard that one too. Yeah. That one's really good I too. Was... Yep, that's that's aware. I was like, I which hate reading and I would read rewrites. this stuff. What is your problem? ADHD. ADD. Uh, well, she's going to I... fix that. I was going through Facebook memories and there was like some, I think it was like a post of Max or something. And there's a comment on there from Claire Luciano, who is one of our listeners. And at the time I was writing um, The Prodigal Cousin, which is a uh, story that follows uh, Poppy Dursley or Daisy Dursley, one of the two. I Daisy. Can't remember. Daisy Dursley. I wrote it. I don't remember it. But I was writing this story and Claire was reading it with her daughters and she just comments, good morning, Claire. And I was like, shit, I owe you a chapter. <laughs> it's like the only reason I, Claire Luciano is 100% the reason I finished that story because, and like, she always felt bad and she was like, I'm not trying to pressure you. And I'm like, no, you have to. Otherwise I won't write it. <laughs> 
So. There must be deadlines. <laughs> there de- must de- be de- deadlines. De- de- <gasps> I had my ADHD assessment yesterday. I'll find out the answers tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next week. But I am very excited. Also, I just realized that me entering the chat uh, was not recorded because I'm dumb and out of practice and was not recording when I called into the Zoom call. So, um, hi. And also, my kid's down, so I was able to join. Yeah. Okay, great. Anyway, <laughs> okay, great. the dead of time. Anyway, the dead of time. Let's get reading. Did you oh. look at your memories for today? Uh, I did not yet. Oh, because there's a good screenshot of our text messages where we say that we're glad that we're each other's lesbians. <laughs> yes. No, I did see that today. But I got you that uh, unicorn stress ball. Yes. No, there, there was a point in time when Kat and I were like, we're just going to marry each other. We're going to adopt a bunch of kids from a bunch of different countries and hope to hell they all end up being Olympians. I don't know why. I, I think it was just because the Olympics were that summer. But we were like, yeah, it's going to be great. You know, we'll just adopt all these kids and, you know, they'll be great at the Olympics and then we'll just be Olympics moms. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will say my face of confusion was less about the context of y'all being each other's lesbians because that's a running joke in the early podcast stuff, but it was more about the fact that it cut out really hardcore, so I was trying really hard to um, put Catch together up with what context. We were saying. We'll yes. put together context from like the every fourth word that I heard. And that's fair. <laughs> but... <sighs> Also, uh, unrelated to the podcast, if you have not watched B. Dylan Hollis on TikTok yet, you need to. He is amazing and hilarious and eggy. Simonin. Boojoos. Nila. <laughs> okay, I'm Kat done. does not know what the fuck we're talking about, and it's fine. No, she called me I told you to watch other, the videos. She called me the other day and told me to watch The Cooking Guy, and then... I found a post that she thanked somebody for sending her and I watched it and I guess I was just in a mood, but I was like, I don't find this funny. Well, okay. You, you watched the compilation of all of his videos. You need to watch the individual ones because he basically, he just, he, he makes things from like the great depression. Yeah. Vintage recipes. And like some of them end up being surprisingly good. Like, the pickled beet cake, which actually ended up being really delicious. I but then there le- was... I legit want to try the tomato soup cake. I want to try the tomato soup cake too, which sounds so gross when I say it out loud. But then other things he does, like tomato aspic, and an aspic has like gelatin in it. And he's like, it's like geriatric ketchup. It's just, you, you need to watch some of these videos because I think he is up your alley. He's just, and he's got things that he says. So he always, whenever he cracks an egg, he goes, eggy. And whenever he puts in uh, baking powder, toys, floof powder, or cow or milk is moo juice. But okay, and every time he puts in vanilla, it's like vanilla. Because I didn't find the compilation really funny. Because I was just like, this guy's weird. Yeah, if, if if you don't understand what's happening, I feel like the compilation isn't as funny. But once you, I've actually gone back and I've started watching all of his old videos. Also, by the way, he lives in Bermuda. I think it's Bermuda. But yeah, no, he did like this whole thing on like how all of the uh, roofs are washed with lime and are stepped so that the water goes down into the cistern and everybody is super careful about maintaining their roofs because that's their water supply. 
Yes, that was my face. <laughs> Hannah Beth looks very surprised. But yeah, no, because they don't have an aquifer in I just, whatever I'm trying to get. In. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the. F- I could have sworn he was American. He lived, yes, and like from the Midwest. It sounds he like lo- it. He looks like the definition of like. This is gonna sound terrible. He looks like the definition of somebody who's from Ohio. Like I don't know why. Like it's so. See, I was gonna say Nebraska, but why? But is my like child it's sitting it's up? so Middle America. You know what I mean? Yep. Because right. it's so average, and that's terrible. I'm sorry that your kid is sitting up. Yeah, it's fine. He's he's been doing this. He should go back down. I'm going to give it like five minutes, so I'm going to read a little bit and hope he goes down. <clears throat> okay, dokie. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to yell because I'm sharing a wall with my kid, although he is past the fuck out. Years at it's Hogwarts. Meant- baby jar. Huh? Oh. Did, did I read the line before that? It's meant to happen, nothing can yes, change. Yes, years at Hogwarts. Okay. Picture it, yeah. Hogwarts, 1962. <laughs> that's too far back. I was about to say, that's too far back. Well, <laughs> in the that's 70s. what freaking What's-Her-Face says in Golden Girl. Sicily, picture it, 1962. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> Years of Hogwarts watching you and Maya bullshit one one another about avoiding fate and fuck you, Remus, we should have a choice, Remus said, mockingly, mimicking Sirius when he threw two fingers up at him. And now you're quoting about what's meant to be? Give me the letter, I know you have it, he ordered, extending his hand, palm up. What? Don't get mad at me, they're your words. Yeah, well they sound stupid coming out of your mouth. Give me the letter, Pads. Sirius grumbled as he reached into the pocket of his jeans, pulling out the thirty-year-old sheet of parchment that had been touched, gripped, folded, and read so many times that it looked like it was ready to fall apart at any moment. Petulantly, he threw it at his friend. Saliva. I'm embracing my inner Dylan Hollis and just making weird. (laughs) I wish I had. Well, I guess we do have a video, but I really want a clip of just that that face with saliva. (laughs) I hate you and myself. What's even better is that like it's not dirty at all and so completely out of context. It's gonna sound horrific, but it's like literally that your mouth is dry. That's it. No, it's not that it's dry. It's that I'm overproducing saliva and I need to get it out. Otherwise, it's going to be affecting my speech. Oh, so it's wet. Your mouth is wet. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm reading ahead. This next part is hilarious. (laughs) All I can picture are little toddlers just like stomping their little feet. Like, I'm not going to go to bed because you told me to. I'm sorry, did Kat say she read ahead? I know. I know it's only like a couple of sentences, but I'm so excited. Sorry, this is really funny to me because it's very like toddler and then it goes very into like teenager. Like, I'm not gonna do it. But daddy, I love him. But you're 16. No, you don't. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, it always goes back to Little Mermaid. I mean, maybe you do. But also like, you're 16. 
<laughs> yeah. Do not go on land and grow legs for him. See, your head goes to the Little Mermaid. My go, my head goes to the Notebook. But uh, Daddy, I love him. I know you do, sweetie. I know. I know you do. But he is trash, trash, trash. Not for you. Because her mom does this thing with her hand. (laughs) Dude, cat doing the hand thing. Trash, trash, not for you. She does that all the time. (laughs) I cannot say that line without doing the hand movement. I'm sorry, but if I was an actress, I would have made a fantastic southern rich woman. That is my... (laughs) Fantastic. I'm suddenly realizing, like, I just had like a mini compilation run through my brain of all of the times we read something and Kat just is in the background going, mouthing. <laughs> oh, but yes, but she's the gesture. hand gesture. She's always saying trash. <laughs> I'm like suddenly realizing how often she does that. And always grabbing her non existent pearls. She is rich, old, white southern woman. Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now that I got the fake like nails, that. it makes it even better because now I got the. <sighs> oh my day. god, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> Remus unfolded the letter, trying to lay it flat on the table. Now go off and pout to your hippogriff over what a bastard I am. I will. Sirius stood and then loudly shouted. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Can we all lose yeah. that line? Why is that so funny? <laughs> I will. All I can hear in my head is why don't you play with your chemistry set? <laughs> God, Sirius is so sassy. I love it so much. I will. Sirius stood and loudly shoved his... Did you just spit your drink in your bed? (laughs) And loudly shoved his chair back under the table. As he turned his back, he muttered, Fucker! Under his breath. (laughs) Why? Okay, now he just sounds like the hound. (laughs) Oh, he... Mm -hmm. Now you hear it. Because now all I can hear in my head is... You know Maya fucking Potter. I do. I'm in love with her. (laughs) Or, wait, no, it was, yeah, I do. Have you met her? It's like, yeah, she looks at you like she wants to stab your heart out. And he's like, you do know her when they're talking about Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, yeah, I I was, but if you replace it with Maya Potter, it still works. (laughs) No, if you replace it with Maya Potter, it still works. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Now I'm following. I was literally just dead of time. Dead of time. Dead of time. What? No. 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 It's the Brianna Parth, the Hound thing with uh, Tormund Giant's Bane. Ooh. Yes. Ultimate nerd achieved. I was able to pull Marietta's first name out of my asshole earlier because all it said was Edgecombe, (laughs) and so I was like, "Yeah, Marietta." And then I just pulled Tormund Giant's Bane. I, it's, I'm storing a lot in my ass. It's all nerd <laughs> knowledge. It's just up there. Cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing like one of those clown handkerchiefs. No, 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 no. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yep. No. Annabeth is back, guys. 815.
it's like catch Claire just... and the ball and the Chinese food. The Chinese food has crack in it, guys. <laughs> oh my stop. god, dude. I don't know what it was, but we were in a mall at the food no, court. Don't take no, 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 no. It two again. seconds. We were at a mall food court, and for some reason, Kat and I could not stop fucking laughing, and I started blaming the Chinese food, and that is what she means, is the Chinese food had crack in it. But, uh, anyway. It's not the first time you've had Chinese food. Well, the movie okay. theater popcorn has crack in it, too, because that it one does. time with the freaking lava you and the, <laughs> like... That has crack in it too. Everything has crack in it. We almost got kicked out of the movie oh, theater over the I love you Pixar thing because we couldn't stop laughing. Then she we sends were... me a Valentine's Day card from that love pop place with a pop-up volcano and writes I love you on it. And I'm like crying laughing over a freaking Valentine's Day card. Dude, that and ad popped up on my is, Facebook. Yeah, because the funny thing is, is that I saw an ad for it too, and I almost bought it and sent it to you. But I was like, no, I did we grow out of this? I don't know if we grew out of this. Apparently, we did not grow out of this. So Kat and I have bought each other the same thing on multiple occasions. I th- what movie did we buy each other? We bought each other Ted. And there was another one where like that Christmas we exchanged gifts and we got each other the same gift. Yeah, uh, we did it with remember. coffee mugs, we did it with yeah. Ted, and there was another movie we did it with. Yeah, and but what yeah, makes no. me really <laughs> bad is that Etsy shop was probably like, huh, I'm making the same thing and sending it to the same island. Huh. With the same name. <laughs> huh. This bitch didn't let us know. The best part was the pair that we had picked for each other was the same <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Anyway, the dead of time. We had been quite efficient earlier, so like... Oh, I believe you. It also has just been, like, seriously, it's been a week, and I realized it is only Wednesday, and I had that realization where... Yeah, yeah, I had the realization today that, like, I thought tomorrow was Friday, and then realized that my Wednesday was about to get a whole lot worse, because... It's only Wednesday. Anyway, so it's been a week. We all sound vaguely sleep deprived. We haven't recorded together literally in this entire two season. Weeks. I yeah, haven't been married yet the whole season, but y'all haven't recorded in almost two weeks. Yep. Yeah. I thought so, yesterday anyway, was Monday, and when been... I woke up this morning, I was like, why is my birth control Tuesday pill still there? And then I look at my phone, I'm like, oh crap, it's Wednesday. I forgot to take my pill yesterday. <sighs> See, that I can't do pills. That's why. That's uh-uh, why I can't uh-uh, I stick a piece of plastic yeah, in me, I'm but done. what makes me mad is, is that I have an alarm that goes off every single day that literally says, take your birth control at the same time every day, and I have never missed a day ever until yesterday because I thought it was Monday. Weird. I know. That's bonkers. Dude. So I had to take Mm-mm. two pills in one day because that's what the direction says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was like, that sounds wrong, but that's not the direction say you should probably follow the directions on your fucking birth control. Hey, that's what the direction says. If you miss one pill, take it as soon as you remember, and then take the one that you were supposed to take on the day. At your normally so you, scheduled time. Yeah. So that's you can so. take two pills in one day. Yeah, it occurs to me that, like, Kat is probably one of the only people in the world I know who doesn't have any sort of ADD or ADHD besides my husband. Because, it, like, everybody I talk yeah, to, they're I, like, I'm not... I feel like, 
Yeah, like when I talk about ADHD symptoms to people, they're like, I'm pretty sure everybody has that. And I'm like, actually, I know some people who don't. There's just, it's so underdiagnosed. And it doesn't mean that you need to go on medication. It just means, hey, I don't know if you're aware of this, but your brain works this way. So if this is hard, try doing it that way. Oh, that makes sense. It's, yeah, but that's why I talk, I, I'm supposed to be doing an a ADD evaluation with my um, therapist soon. Ooh, exciting. Uh, because that, uh, it's the same thing. I have no desire to get on medication because I really don't think that medication will help. But in um, sc- scrolling through TikTok, ironically, I was like, wait, that's a female adult ADD ADHD symptom? Wait, that's an ADHD thing? Wait, that's an ADHD thing? And so... Anyway, started talking about it, and then Claire started listing all the shit that I was like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> Hang on a minute, I have that. So, especially because then I like have tried a couple of things that are supposed to like, yeah. If it, if this is hard this way, try it that yeah. way, and I've tried stuff that way, and then it worked. And yeah. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> it! It is kind of funny though, like talking to people who like people who know me who are kind of like. Uh. I feel like you don't have that. Did you just burp? Yes. Yes, you did. That's supposed to be my thing. <laughs> well, it's true because, like, when you brought it up to our favorite hippie, we actually talked about it, and we're like, she doesn't have ADHD. The ADD we can see, but the ADHD, yeah. no. no. That, that's I don't. Not I don't it. have the hyperactivity. Yeah. But but it was kind of funny because like I was talking to somebody, and you know, I was like, you know, some of the questions that got asked are like. Are you like, cause the, it was like, you know, never once in a while, often frequently was the rating. And it one of the questions was, are you unable to start tasks until there is a deadline? And so I was, you know, telling somebody about this and they're like, everybody works better with a deadline. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not saying, do you work better if there is a deadline? It's saying, are you incapable of starting until there is a deadline? I, everybody works better with a deadline. I cannot start unless there is a deadline because I will figure out a way to put it off forever. The minute there is a deadline, and if that deadline is like tomorrow, I can get it done in 10 minutes flat, hour maybe, depending on the task. But if there's no deadline, I will never get the motivation to do that 10 minute or one hour task, even if I have nothing to do all day long. Even if it takes me 30 seconds to do. Yeah. Exactly, yep. exactly. I have had my yep. son's laundry sitting next to the couch waiting to be folded for a week and a half now to the point where now I need to, now I have my deadline, I have to fold it because the pile of clothing in his bedroom is getting high enough that I now have to go wash it. So, so that's like, okay. why you were always so messy. Because until your no... sister cleaned your room that one time, I was like, I didn't even know your rug was blue. <laughs> And no that was idea. The, thing. the minute my parents were like, you cannot go here until your room is clean, boom, my room suddenly got clean. If they didn't have any sort of like bait to hold over my head, my room wasn't getting clean. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's enough about ADHD. Longest effing tangents. Oh my God, this is going to be such a long episode. I hope for your, oh it's my fine. God, we're already over an hour. <laughs> okay, Yikes. but I'm not leaving because you told me to. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck me, we're only... Oh, it's not Unless a long chapter. Start that whole sentence. Okay. No, 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 no. <clears throat> but I'm not leaving because you told me to. I'm leaving because I lost my house elf again and I need to find him before the little tosser pilfers more of my stuff. Arsehole. Remus muttered as he leaned his elbows against the table, looking over the faded words in front of him in his own handwriting. When I was much younger, I was given knowledge that I'd protected for many years. Knowledge, instructions, and a mission. That mission has now been fulfilled, and you hold in your hand the fruit of my labors. You might recognize the time-turner in your hand from when you entered the Department of Mysteries to rescue Sirius. Once I saw it and recognized it for what it was, I knew it was almost time. You needed to go back. What am I supposed to do, Maya? What the hell is Sirius going to do? Sirius! A voice shouted from the fireplace, and Remus jumped, startled at the sound. He turned towards the green flames and blinked a few times until he recognized the face in the fire. Harry? What are you... What's happened? Is everything all right? Yeah, Harry answered. I just wondered. I mean, I just fancied a chat with Sirius. He went upstairs to look for Creature. I'll call him down, Remus said, getting to his feet and heading for the stairs. Sirius? Piss off! It's Harry. Sirius appeared, looking down over the banister, gray eyes wide and panicked. What about Harry? He's in the fireplace. Hurry up. Sirius rushed back down the stairs, nearly shoving Remus out of the way as he made his way towards the kitchen. What is it? he asked urgently, sweeping his hair out of his eyes and dropping to the ground in front of the fire so that he and Harry were level. Remus knelt down beside him, concerned. Are you all right? Do you need help? Is it Umbridge? No, Harry replied. It's nothing like that. I just wanted to talk about my dad. Sirius and Remus shared a look of surprise. What do you want to know? I... I was having my occlumency lessons with Snape, and I... Go on, Harry, Remus encouraged, placing a hand on Sirius's shoulder as he noticed his friend clenching his fists tightly at the mention of the potions master. I may have accidentally, on purpose, sort of gone into his pensive. Harry cringed as though he were waiting for either of them to start yelling. Oh, Harry, Remus sighed. What did you see? Yes, yeah, son, what did you see? Sirius inquired, paling slightly. Remus tried to school his own expression so as not to reveal the panic he was feeling. There was no telling what Snape could have put in the pensive, and considering Sirius's last encounter with the Slytherin, he was terrified that Snape had bottled up the memory of the Potter Orchards. <laughs> I forgot that was a concern. <laughs> Granted, he was certain that if Harry had seen that, they would be having a much louder conversation. <laughs> Is your baby with you? Oh, I thought I saw a small hand. What is this, Deadpool? Ah. I got a tiny hand. <laughs> I bet it'll look huge in this hand. No, he, he's dead asleep. No. By the he, way, did yep. anybody else feel like that conversation sounded kind of dirty? I sort of got it to his pensive. What did you see? You make oh. everything dirty. 
Well, like you, I'm a 12-year-old boy. That is fair. And also, I'm not the one who changed everything to a dick for wand last week, Claire, so you can't even... I did, in Bro, fact, turn wand I literally, penis. I literally was thinking that right as she said that, and I was like, what in the fuck? Get out of my head. Granted, he was certain if Harry had seen that, they would be having a much louder conversation. That, and Harry had mentioned wanting to talk about James. I saw you two and my dad and, and Pettigrew. My dad had Snape in the air and my mum came to rescue him and she... Harry looked disturbed by the memory he had seen. When Sirius seemed to recall it, he had the grace to look ashamed. I wouldn't like you to judge your father on what you saw there, Harry. He was only fifteen, Remus said quietly. I'm fifteen, Harry countered. Look, Harry... Sirius began with a sigh. James and Snape hated each other from the moment they set eyes on each other. It was just one of those things. You can understand that, can't you? I think James was everything Snape wanted to be. He was popular, he was good at Quidditch, good at pretty much everything. Snape was just this little oddball who was up to his eyes in the dark arts, and James... Whatever else he may have seemed to you, Harry, he always hated the dark arts. Yeah, Harry muttered, clearly not listening to every word Sirius was saying. But he just attacked Snape for no good reason, just because, well, just because you said you were bored. I'm not proud of it, Sirius uttered quickly. There are a lot of things I'm not proud of from back then, son. Snape's memories will never show me in a good light. The same goes for your dad. Remus frowned at Sirius, remembering that the Slytherin had been attacked for a reason. It might not have been a good one, but Maya's character had been called into question at the time, and he remembered something about Snape laughing at a joke made at her expense. Look, Harry, what you've got to understand is that your father and Sirius were the best in school at whatever they did, Remus said, and then smacked Sirius when he had the audacity to look smug about it. Everyone thought they were the height of cool. If they sometimes got a bit carried away... If we were sometimes arrogant little burks, you mean, Sirius interjected. Remus smiled. He kept messing up his hair, Harry mumbled in a pained voice. Sirius and Remus laughed. I forgot he used to do that, Sirius said affectionately. Was he playing with the snitch? Remus asked. Yeah. Harry said. I thought he was a bit of an idiot. Of course he was a bit of an idiot, Sirius said. We were all idiots. That's what being a teenager is for. Well, not Mooney so much. Did I ever tell you to lay off of Snape? Remus asked, still feeling guilty, even after all these years later. Did I ever have the guts to tell you I thought you were going too far? Yeah, well, you made us feel ashamed of ourselves, sometimes. Nowhere near as bad as... Sirius hesitated as his eyes darted back to the fireplace, where Harry was still looking at the two of them. That was something. And he kept looking over at the girls by the lake, hoping they were watching him. Harry snapped. Sirius looked at Harry as though he was expecting him for him to blurt out, and one of them looked just like Hermione. 
Thankfully, he did not. Oh, well, he always made a fool of himself whenever Lily was around, Sirius finally said, shrugging. He couldn't stop showing off whenever he got near her. She threatened to hex him, Harry pointed out. Sirius snorted. The noise almost caused Remus to lose his own composure as memories of James wearing porridge on his head, rubbing sore hex spots, and once putting out a fire on his trouser leg came to mind. I didn't say he was very good at it, Sirius said. Your dad could charm house elves, professors, his friends, and he probably could have done well with other witches, but the only one he ever had eyes for was your mum, and she never fell for the stupid tricks that he tried with her. How come she married him? Harry asked, miserably. She hated him. Sirius laughed at Harry's dramatic exclamation. Oh, she did not. She started going out with him in seventh year, Remus said, remembering the way Maya clung to his arm when Lily burst into the common room and jumped into James's arms as though she had not spent the previous six years hexing him for looking at her the wrong way. Sirius smirked. Once James had deflated his head a bit, and stopped hexing people just for the fun of it. Even Snape? Harry asked. Whoa, Remus replied slowly, <laughs> thinking back to the train ride back to Hogwarts at the beginning of seventh year. Snape was a special case. I mean, he never lost an opportunity to curse James, so you couldn't really expect James to take that line down, could you? And my mum was okay with that? She didn't know too much about it, to tell you the truth, Sirius answered. I mean, James didn't take Snape on dates with her and jinx him in front of her, did he? He frowned at the look on Harry's face. Look, your father was the best friend I ever had, and he was a good person. A lot of people are idiots at the age of fifteen. He grew out of it. Yeah, okay, Harry sighed. I just... Never thought I'd feel sorry for Snape. Sirius rolled his eyes. Did we treat Snape like shit? Yes. But what I'm sure he failed to put in that pensy were his own actions. I could admit that I was rotten, but everything I did was provoked. I promise you that. He said firmly, and then looked at Remus, who was staring at him. What? It was. Granted, I overreacted. A lot. But still, provoked. I was provoked. Harry, what did Snape say when he found out you'd seen the memory? Remus asked, trying to change the subject. He told me he'd never teach me occlumency again, Harry said, indifferently. Like, that's a big disappointment. He what? Sirius shouted. Are you serious, Harry? Remus quickly asked, eyes wide. He stopped giving you lessons? Yeah, but it's okay. I don't care. It's a bit of a relief to tell you the... I'm coming up there to have a word with Snape. Sirius snapped and made to stand. Remus gripped his shirt and yanked him back down. If anyone's going to talk to Severus, it'll be me. But Harry, first of all, you were to go back to Professor Snape and tell him that on no account is he to stop giving you lessons. I can't tell him that. He'd kill me. Harry, there is nothing so important as you learning occlumency, Remus said sternly. Do you understand me? Nothing. Okay, bold moves coming from two guys who refused to what? Oh god, oh fuck. <laughs>
Learn Occlumency. Audio podcast. Kat is wearing her okay. Learn Occlumency tank top. I did not know where that was going, and I didn't know that's what she was wearing, and I was like, what? No, Hannah Beth, I want you to show you my nipple. Like, no. <laughs> she just sat up, and I was like, oh god, she's gonna scream into the microphone. And then she that's like, and then she pointed it at her that's shirt, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Perfect yeah, shirt to wear. She, she sat up towards the mic. And I thought she was just going to yell, learn an occlumency, but then it was just boobs in the camera. And I was like, well, now I really don't know where this is going. Learn occlumency, people. It'll save lives. Mm-hmm. I love you so Including much. Including one of yours. Mm-hmm. Once Harry's face left the fire, Sirius and Remus both stood up, the former running his hand through his hair in frustration. Fuck. What do we do? Don't get me wrong, Mooney. I hated that Dumbledore wanted Snape to teach Harry, but he needs to learn it. If what Dumbledore says is true and Voldemort can see in Harry's head, even without being near him... Remus nodded, feeling a cold sweat run down his back. Then we're all in danger. June 18th, 1996. Master will not come back from the Department of Mysteries. Creature and his mistress are alone again. The house elves' words echoed in Sirius's mind as Kingsley and Tonks stumbled through the flue to grab Remus. He knew they had hoped he would not be in the room when they arrived, but there was nothing to be done about it now. Snape had contacted Kingsley to let the Order know that Dolores Umbridge had detained Harry and his friends for breaking into her office, and she was requesting Veritas Serum. It was Harry's warning message to Snape that made the Order members most anxious. He's got Padfoot at the place where it's hidden. I've summoned Albus, Kingsley announced to the rest of the small group, which consisted merely of himself, Sirius, Moody, Tonks, and Remus. It was anyone's guess where everyone else was, which only made Sirius more nervous. So what do we do? Tonks asked, her blue eyes directed at Moody, awaiting official orders. Well, clearly you know who has infiltrated Potter's mind, if the boy thinks that Black is in danger. We need to get a message to Harry, Remus said, interrupting Moody. If he's anything like his father, he'll stop at nothing to save Sirius if he thinks he's in danger. Tonks nodded in agreement. Not to mention the kids that are with him. Hermione and Ron wouldn't let him go at it alone. I can contact Severus to see if he can pass a message along, Kingsley offered. But if Umbridge is in league with loyalists as we suspect, he could jeopardize his role as spy, and then we'd lose. I don't give a fuck what we'd lose. Sirius shouted, launching the glass in his hand across the room where it shattered against the wall. No one even flinched at the display, each and every one of them accustomed to his behavior at this point. This is a trap, and Harry is going to walk right into it if we don't do something. Snape knew it was a trap. He's one of them, and I've been saying it for years that he can't be trusted. I don't care if we have to break down the fucking door of Hogwarts. Harry needs to be alerted. Sirius? No! Sirius shouted, pushing away from Remus, who stood to try and calm him down. Mooney, this is it. Department of Mysteries, gone to rescue Sirius. He muttered so only they could hear. This is it. Then they've already left, Remus acknowledged. 
What are you two whispering about? Moody snapped, his one good eye narrowed while the magical one spun in its socket, looking behind him every half-minute or so. Being kept a prisoner in his own trunk for nine months by a psychotic death-eater had clearly done nothing to curb his paranoia. We need to get to the Ministry now, Remus insisted. Harry and the others will have already escaped Hogwarts. How? Tonks asked. He shook his head. It doesn't matter. We're wasting time. We can't just storm into the Ministry of Magic, Moody scoffed loudly. At least not all of us. You heard Snape yourself. Black, someone needs to stay here to tell Dumbledore everything that's happened. Let the fucking elf tell him, Sirius snapped. You're not going, Moody shouted. Sirius turned and glowered at the rest of the group, his jaw tight. Watch me. Nice ending. Thanks. I didn't write it. I know you didn't write it. <laughs> I was about to say. You could like... never finish it. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> oh, that, that was cut wow. deep. Oh, okay. Cat got claws. <laughs> but I'm also starting to realize that my moody voice is actually Barbosa. Oh my <laughs> god. But, okay, but here's the thing. That... Wow, words are hard. Um, oh my god. It's been one of those days. The um, wheel is spinning, but the hamster has flown off. Yes. Scrimgeour. Scrimgeour. His, his voice is kind of Barbosa-y, too. Well, shit. Is more Barbosa- Is more Barbosa- Or is he more Davy Jones? He's Davy Jones, because, because he's you know, the same actor. Because it's the same guy. Also, I like I said, I've been binge-watching Pirates of the Caribbean and every Johnny Depp movie I can find to help the Google algorithm show that he is doing better um, to hopefully help him get acting roles again because he's a phenomenal actor and I want to see him more. We just watched um, Pirates, the first one. Yeah. It's and such a good movie. It's timeless. With the exception of like some of the skeletons... The CGI all holds up real good. Really well. I will say, I'd never seen past the third movie. Oh, I like the later movies. They're... I know I'm weird and controversial in that. They're funny. No, they, like, the thing is, don't go in there waiting for, like, a dramatic movie. Go in looking for comic relief and a fun adventure. And that's exactly what it is. Like, they're good movies. But, but yeah. Um, actually, that does remind me of something that I'd wanted to bring up mainly just because i'm curious like is there one movie or maybe multiple movies but for me there is one movie where i very vividly remember my experience watching it in theaters and for me that is pirates of the caribbean world to end i went to the midnight showing somebody was drunk in front of me and threw up so the movie theater smelled like vomit which was gross but the piece of music that plays as they are going over the edge of the world into Davy Jones's locker. I just mm -hmm. that was the moment where I was like Hans Zimmer is a god and like I listened to that song on repeat for months and even now like going back like okay what are my favorite pieces of 
music from movies. And, you know, there's like some Ennio Morricone, there's, you know, John Williams, there's Hedwig's theme, of course. But like that piece from World's End just lives rent free in my brain because like the the horns and the strings and it's just, it's such a phenomenal piece of music. But are there, what movie do you like vividly remember seeing in theaters? If any. I have several, but Kat looks like she's thinking that you have one. I actually have... I I don't know. Nothing's ever, like, done that to me that I can remember at the moment. The only thing that has an impression on me is the time I tried to see Air Bud, and it was after a hurricane, and the freaking theater's roof caved in, and it started leaking, and they had to refund (laughs) our tickets, and I don't think I ever went back and saw Air Bud. So, like... (laughs) That's my movie memory right there. <laughs> oh my god. I remember just Florida. Yeah. Just Florida. <laughs> That's amazing. I god, I can't remember what movie it was, but there was a movie that I went and saw after a hurricane and it had kind of screwed with like the electrical stuff. And apparently it made one of the projectors get too hot and it burned the movie. And so we didn't get to watch the rest of it. I don't remember what movie it was, but I do remember the film like burning in front of us. Shit. Okay. That makes me think of. So I have movies. I love going to see movies in theaters. Mm -hmm. So that. I have lots of very visceral memories attached to seeing movies in theaters. At World's End is actually one of them for me. Oh, yeah. We went to go we went to go see it with some of our oldest family friends and we snuck Chipotle burritos in large purses <laughs> into the theater instead of buying popcorn. So every time I watch World's End I watch Chipotle. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so that's one. So when you're talking about that, I was like, yeah, that. Um, we went to go see Potter 5, 5 in theaters when I was in high school. Yeah. And we binge all the previous four and then like a huge caravan of us went and watched five in theaters together. Um, and so that was amazing and awesome. Nice. Um, I did something similar with movie eight um and because we had we bought these particular tickets to go see movie eight where you got to watch movie seven in theaters and then basically you go from the theater where they were showing seven and then we got to walk and go sit to watch theater movie theater eight and because we were already past security in the like whatever we had first dibs on seats so i got to sit like directly under the projector in the humongous theater it was amazing so that one what's the other um the burning film thing reminds me when i was a kid we got to go see the sound of music in theaters and it was freaking amazing um but the whole first reel was damaged and so it was like pink on a whole half of the screen for like the entire first half of the movie (laughs) there's i'm sure there's others um one of the best birthdays I've spent as an adult was I took work off and I went and got a pedicure by myself and then went to go see Little Women because it was raining, so it was nice. gross outside. Went to go see Little Women 
and then took myself to dinner. Oh, it was amazing. You know what? It was the best like, yeah. day date all by when myself. The Dark Wizard and I, I were apart. I went to the movies by myself to see Glass because I made him watch Unbreakable and we saw Split together. And then obviously Glass was the next one. And since we were apart, I wanted to see it. And that was the first time I had ever gone to the movies by myself. I had never done that before. And it was the weirdest I thing. I did that. I went to the movies by myself a lot back when I was living in Key West in 2015 because I worked downtown right by the small independent theater, which had the best fucking popcorn. The butter was real actual, like, butter. Like, they put sticks of butter and melted it. It wasn't fake butter. That's amazing. Um, It's also the only place where you can find... God, what's the name of that coffee cat? Zarbo's? Zarbies? God damn it. I don't know. New York. <clears throat> Hold on. It's going to bother me now. I went to go see movies a bunch by myself in France when I was studying abroad. Yeah, because Tropic was the only theater that I would go to when we were apart. Because we went to Regal so much I couldn't do it. So, like, Tropic is the only place I, I could that. go. And also, when... Um, we were apart. The Star is Born with Lady Gaga came out, and when she started singing, I will never love again. I was just like, okay, I have to get out of Zay here. Bars. Zay Bars. Zay Bars Coffee. It's the only place outside New York you can get Zay Bars because the owners of Zay Bars contributed to building this independent theater. Oh, also, cool. uh, just Key West things. So my mother is a uh, the librarian for her school, as well as being a English teacher, music teacher, history teacher, technology teacher, of course, um, wears many hats. But anyway, uh, there was a book that they realized they were missing in a series, a Judy Bloom book. And so I I can't remember which one it was, but they, uh, there's only one bookstore in town. It's an independent bookstore that is ironically owned by Judy Bloom. And so they reached out and they were like, Hey, you know, this is so-and-so from this school, uh, we were wondering if you had such and such book in stock and they were like, yes, we have it. We will put it on hold for you, you to pick up, asshole. but, but, uh, if you would like to wait until Tuesday to pick it up, uh, we can have Judy sign it and address it to the school. That's so cute. They're like, you can pick it up tomorrow if you want, but if you wait until Tuesday, Judy will sign it for you. It's like. She is a okay. wonderful fucking human. I love Judy Bloom. She's great. Okay, Kat. Why is who is Who's an, an asshole? asshole? <laughs> no, because we're done recording. We're all no, assholes. because we're done recording. I texted Dark Wars and I'm like, "Hi, did you miss me?" And he goes, "New phone. Who dis?" <laughs> I'm like, "That bitch." <laughs> I, I pick you up and take you to work. Like, go shove it. I use gas okay. money. Anyway. And it's time to thank our patrons. We'd like to thank our May Foxes. Tyler, Anthony, Professor Magana Got It Going On. Jade, Tori, Sierra, Leanne, Stacy, Steph, Camille, Sandra, Shannon, Claire, Martina, Kayla, Lynn, Amara, Diana, Nicole, Amber, Kenny, Jackie, Jordan, Sarah, Ryland, Matthias, Chelsea, Carissa, Sarah, Rachel, Samantha, Ashley Lynn, Kaylin, April, Cauldron Mist, Sarah, another one for the baby jar, Crystal, Ryder, Audrey, 
Cassie, Melissa, Catherine, Samantha, Nina, Shauna, Kate, Katie Cat, Dan, Crystal, Miriam, Sylvia, Misha, Jillian, Kendra, Ash, Brittany, Becky, Catherine, Chris, Montana, Laura, Crystal, Frau Holly, Jamie, Matthew, Tanya, and Jasmine. Thank you so much, May Foxes. We appreciate you all, and we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Whatcha? Notice I was very delicate with the whatcha, because last week Kat was like, you're really aggressive. It was too much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.